Welcome. Uh, we've been been doing a, a series on Acts, um, going through the, the story of the uh, the early church, and um, last couple of weeks we've been looking at how how God brought that early church together and some of the the, the, the key ingredients. We're gonna um, we're gonna see another one today, but from from a little bit different perspective. Um, First, let's just I just want to pray real quick that the Lord would be in our time. God, we, we, we thank you. Um, we welcome you. We recognize that you are already in our midst. Um, as we turn to your, your word this morning, would you open our hearts, open our minds? Would you allow us to, to hear your voice clearly, not just uh, so that we can say we know the truth, but that we would be able to apply it, that you would empower us uh, Set us free by your word this morning, God. Teach us what it means to, to, to put this in action so that our lives may be transformed, so that we can look more like you, so that we can enjoy each other um, and the gift that you give us in this thing uh, called community. I pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Um, last week, we, we, we kind of looked at uh, chapter 4, um, just as a, uh, this is where we ended last week. All the believers were united in mind and heart, and they felt that uh, what they owned was not their own, so they shared it, uh, shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerly, powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And because of that, there were no needy people among them. We see this beautiful picture of, of the church coming together and people giving uh, generously out of, out of uh, the abundance of what God has given them to, to meet the needs in the community. Um, this is the model. This is, this is why, we, why we give. God, God instructs us to, to give back to him the things that he has given to us. Um, and we see that in, in the early church um, done in, in amazing generosity. And then it gives a, a specific example. It says there was Joseph, the, 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 uh, one, the one apostle, one of the apostles named Barnabas, if I could read, uh, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and he came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought money to the apostles. So this is a specific story where, where there, there's, there's this guy and he has a field and he, he, he sees a need and so the Lord stirs his heart and he decides he's going to sell that and brings it to the apostles so that more needs could be met. And it's a great thing. And then we move on. <laughs> and if you've been reading Acts, you may see uh, where we're going here. We, we turn the page and we're in Acts chapter 5. And it starts with that word, that, that word that, that, that causes many fights, and um, it's not a fun word a lot of times, but, right? That's a, it's like one of those highlight words that, that we use it commonly, but, but everyone knows if there's a, when you hear a but, the hold on to yours, because something's coming. But there was a certain man named Ananias who, with his wife Sapphira, sold some property. So, similar to Barnabas, they had some property, they sold it. Um, 
He brought part of the money, though, to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was yours to give away, uh, was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about this was terrified. And then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. Three hours later, his wife comes in. Not knowing what had happened, uh, Peter asked her, what, Was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she, she replied. That was the price. And Peter said, How could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they're going to carry you out too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. When the young man came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what happened. This story's kind of out of place, right? This is like, we're in the New Testament. Jesus loves us. Grace, mercy. This, is, this should be an Old Testament story, right? In fact, there's a very similar story in the Old Testament. Um, when when the, the nation of Israel goes into to, to the promised land, you know, they come out of Egypt and all that stuff, and they're finally get, getting ready to go in. The first city that they attack, God says, I want you to take the land. You know, it's, I think it's Joshua 7. He says, take the land, but the first city you guys attack, I, all the stuff's mine. Like, I get all the plunder. But there was a guy named Achan, you may know the story, who saw some nice flatware and some silver and some gold and some things that he liked. So he stashed it and he hid it. He kept it back is the, is the, the, the term. Um, and ultimately, it comes out that they go into battle the next city, and they lose. Israel loses. And then they go to God and ask why this happened. God reveals that somebody had disobeyed and uh, kept back some of the things for his own, wasn't honest about, about the, the, the plunder. And, and as a result, they finally find out it's Achan and him, and all of his family end up being, being killed for this offense. It's, it's a very similar story. In fact, in the Greek version of the Old Testament, the word is the same. They kept back for themselves something that was not theirs. Now, it's interesting. When I was reading the story um, for the first time, it seems so, on the surface, so disproportionate, right? This is the, the church at this time, there's thousands of people who have just come to faith. In Jesus, right? This is a uh, so you have some young believers and thousands of people. Is this really the biggest sin that Jesus could find? That the Holy Spirit could come up with for the what seems like the most extreme punishment in this entire community? I'm sure you have thousands of people in any group. There's going to be people cheating on their, their spouses. There's going to be people who are stealing. There's going to be people who are violent. There's going to be people who are liars. All those things. And yet this is the, 
the, the situation. This is the person. This is the circumstance that, that God chooses, the Holy Spirit chooses to, to, to make a, a, a federal, a lethal case out of. Why is that? Well, it's, I think it's because of all the sin that was going on, and let's, let's not, you know, we, sometimes, we, oh, sometimes we, we can idolize the early church a little bit. There was a lot of great stuff going on in the early church that, that we, should, we should look to for modeling, and, and it's certainly where, where our scripture comes from, so there, there's a lot there. Uh, but, but they weren't perfect. They weren't like a lot of the times you read when you really read the context and read what they're saying. They're dealing with the same stuff, and some of it's even like really, like you have to be told not to sleep with your dad's wife. Like that—that that seems pretty obvious. Of all the sin that was going, why did God choose this one? Because it was the biggest threat to the thing that was the biggest issue for him, and that was the community. It was the community. It was the biggest threat to the community, and it was the biggest threat to the individuals, to us as individual people. What was the threat? He says lying to, lying to, they lied to God. They lied to, to Paul. They lied to the community. It's not about the money. Paul even says, it was yours. You, no, one, no, one, no one's forcing you to give this up. You could have sold the land and given part. You didn't have to sell the land in, in the beginning. The problem here isn't, this isn't a sin of greed. This is a sin of hypocrisy. It's a sin of putting that word hypocrite. We use it a lot. And, and um, you know, it, it's hard to, to, to when we talk about hypocrisy. Because on one level, we acknowledge, I think, we all struggle with this, right? We all have, have moments where we're, we're, we're not, um, we're, we're not, we don't live up to the standard that we purport ourselves to, right? Um, but one of the things we have to understand is when, when the Bible talks about hypocrisy, it, it, there's an element of intention to it. It's not just nobody's perfect. It's I'm pretending to be perfect. I'm intentionally trying to deceive you about my imperfection or lack thereof. It's hiding the truth of ourself or our behavior or our actions or our attentions. It's trying to, to hide it from each other. You know, it, it, it's interesting. You can go all the way back to the garden. This was, this was the, it wasn't the original sin, but it was the original reaction. Right? Adam and Eve in the garden they eat the fruit. They're not supposed to. What is their response? Immediately it says they, they realized they were naked, so they hid. And we've been hiding ever since. It's our base reflex when we feel vulnerable. is to hide. And the good news is God is passionate about not letting us do that because he has a better plan. He has something better. You know, Adam and Eve, they, they, they realized they were naked, they hid, and they grabbed fig leaves, right? Not the most effective clothing when you're out in the, out in the wild. 
<laughs> and God had a better plan for them. Right? He, he, he makes them a, a skin of an animal. He clothes them in something better. God has a better plan for us than hiding. And he is intent upon us walking in that plan because it, it is the difference between whether we're going to have a community that really represents Jesus or not. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, Paul says, Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that Spirit of God lives in you? Listen to this. God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. That's, that's heavy. <laughs> and nothing destroys the temple like something that destroys... The temple is the community. So what destroys community? Hypocrisy does. Hiding does. Fact, matter of fact, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul says that... Uh, we don't have time to go through it, but Paul says that some amongst them were getting sick and even dying because... Not because of some big giant sin, but because some were taking, he says, taking communion in an unworthy manner. And he lays out, he describes what he's talking about. He's saying, some of you guys are coming together in community and you're having community without this other group of people. You're getting there early because you're not out in the fields and you're drinking all the food and having a good time and eating all the, the, the best food and, and getting drunk and you're not even letting the, 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 the rest of the people join the community. This is what, what if we're going to be a, a church that really reflects who Jesus is, if we're going to make a difference in the world, and, and we want Jesus to be able to impact and the Holy Spirit to really transform us, we've got to get better at not being hypocrites. And let's just get it out there. We're all recovering hypocrites. Right? Well... Many of us are recovering hypocrites. Some of us are still full-fledged. I may not be invited back next week. Um, How are we hypocrites? How how do we hide? There's three, three three areas I wanted to just talk about this morning for for just a few minutes, Um, ways that that we tend to hide or or try and present something that we know is not accurate when we are in community. First one is we hide our sin. We hide our sin, right? That's pretty odd. I think that one's probably maybe the, 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 the most straightforward we don't, we don't want to appear weak. We don't want um, people to look, look, look at us less than we are. So we, we hide our sin. The, 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 the fact that, that we were struggling with an addiction or a, or, or a behavior that we know that, that we need to get rid of or we need freedom from a bondage. We hide it. Make sure people think my marriage is going great. Make sure people know my finances are awesome, even though I, they're, I'm about six weeks away from them foreclosing on my house. 
We hide. We hide our sin. We also hide, hide our beliefs. We hide the things that we believe. This is, I, I feel like this is becoming more and more prevalent. I've had a number of conversations in the last couple of weeks about, about this with people that, don't, that are struggling, wrestling with this idea of, I, I don't feel the freedom, even in the community of, even here, even amongst the brethren, we don't feel like we can be honest about what we think about things. How are we ever going to be united? How are we ever going to grow? How are we ever going to learn from each other? How are we ever going to change if we can't even be honest about the opinions that we have? God wants us to be honest about what we believe. Whether that's politics, whether that's how we understand certain, certain Scripture, whether that's how we, live our, how we live our lives. The only way we end up closer to Jesus is if we're willing to be honest and quit hiding where we are. We have to stop hiding our beliefs. And the third thing we hide is we hide our feelings. We Put on the, you know, put on the, put on the smile here about to enter the door. Let me make sure I, you know, good morning, brother. And all hell's breaking loose at home. Right? Because we don't, we don't feel safe. Or we don't want people to think less of us because, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with, with depression. I have doubts. I'm, if this person knows I'm, I'm angry with them, then, then the relationship's just going to go, go away. And I, I can't have that. I, I love this person. I need this person in my life. So I'll just, I'll just pretend it's fine. And eventually, I'll get over it. The Bible talks about how iron sharpens iron. A dull blade is never going to get sharp if you just keep chopping noodles. Right? We have to stop hiding our, our feelings. And this is not, this is not just like a, a, a soft, ooey-gooey, um, you know, oh, this is a good thing, let's, let's, let's think about working on it. This is what, what Jesus is demanding of us. He killed a guy over this. That's like, that's like some gangster stuff. That's serious. Like it, it, There's no other way to say it. Like He was willing to kill a dude to make sure that the church understood that we are not going to be fake. That we are going to be real with each other because the community is too important and it can't function any other way. Why? Because that's not the way God functions. God is truth. God is light. God is honesty. And if we're going to reflect that, if we want to become like that, we have to work towards that. Why does he demand this honesty, though? Listen, it's for our good. It's not just because it's my way or the highway. He, it's his way because it's the best way. 
it's, it's only when we're honest that, that that is the path to transformation. As long as something stays hidden, it will stay in existence, right? If, you have, if you're hiding something, if you have a wound and you never let anybody see it, you never go to the doctor and they never, they never can, can operate on it or, or clean it out or whatever, one, it's, it, not only is it never going to heal, it's going to get worse, Right? If you've got an open wound or an infection or something, you have, to, you have to reveal it. You have to let somebody treat it and look at it. Someone that maybe knows more about that thing than you do. Honesty is a, the path to transformation. And it's also, it's also a mark of humility. It's also, when we're honest with each other, it gives, it creates a culture where we can all be more honest. It's like a, you know, it, it, there's like a momentum, there's an inertia to it. If, I, if I'm willing to humble myself and, and reveal, be vulnerable, be honest with, with my stuff, that, that gives permission for others to do the same. It also... Um, it also gives us, forces us to deal with stuff. Because have you noticed, the people around you, especially your, you know, the people the closer they are to you, they're much more comfortable making sure that you are working on your issues than you are. Anybody, anybody notice that? So it's like, if I share something with, with, with Shannon, like, hey, man, this is, this is really, I'm not... I'm not struggle in this area or whatever, she, from the outside, doesn't have the burden of all of my insecurities about that thing, of all of, all of the cost that it's going to weigh on me to, to make that change, and she sees the benefit of, of me making the change clear, more clearly than I do, so she is much more uh, probably comfortable helping me still work on that, keep working on it, encourage me to work on that, Right? We had a, um, yesterday we had a, a Guys for Coffee, it was great, uh, out, in, out in the lobby, we had a lot of, a lot of good discussion and um, some really good prayer time, just sharing about our lives and, um, <laughs> and the, the prayer time uh, at the end, uh, uh, you know, we took prayer requests and I, I shared something um, in the group and, um, and one, of the, one of the guys in the group this morning, uh, we're, we're sitting there and, and so, all right, so what I shared was I've been... I've been in this building too much recently, <laughs> and I was sharing how how I, I really felt like I I, I got to get my stuff together so I can I can spend more time at home. Like it's just something I know I, I need to, I need to work on, um, and so I, I shared that. And, you know, we prayed; it was great. And then uh, one of the guys that was there uh, this morning, I, I go to sit down, and, and and first words out of his mouth, so. Are you coming in tomorrow? I said, well, I don't, I don't think so. It's, it's, you know, Monday's supposed to be my day off. I don't have anything scheduled that I need. And he just looks at me and just goes, you're not coming in tomorrow. This is the, this is the power of being honest with each other. Other people have a, have a strength to help you overcome your struggles if we'll allow them to. So how do, we, how do we move away from this, this hypocrisy? 
how do we... Well, one, first thing is we call it what it is. We have to own it. We have to recognize that there are areas, there are parts of me that, that I am in rebellion against God because I refuse to share them with the rest of the body. We repent. That's how, how most change starts, right? <laughs> we, we, we recognize and we admit to the Lord, God, I need this to change in me. Like David prayed, you know, if, search me. If there's any wicked way in me, show it, reveal it, change it. Cleanse me. If we're going to get honest, if we're going to move away from, from hypocrisy, there's some things that we have, to, we have to acknowledge, we have to understand. The first one is that it, it, is, it is going to be a risk. It is going to be scary. Because when we're honest, especially with the things that we, we want to our reflexes to hold back, there is a vulnerability in it. We are risking something. We are risking to some degree your, your reputation. You are risking because you don't ever have full control over what they do with that information, right? Or how they view you based on that information. It's risky. But if we would all, if we would all get good at this, one of the byproducts is it will help us collectively fight that judgmental spirit that loves to just creep up in us. If we're all, if we can create a, a culture where we are all being honest about our stuff, it, it, it is a natural combatant to that judgmental spirit. It's when things stay hidden that that, 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 that uh, judgment is allowed to thrive. Where we, we can delude ourselves to think we're actually better than somebody else. We move away from hypocrisy when we, we have to, um, we all have to be committed. This is a, this is a hard one. Especially for guys and girls it's hard for all of us we all have to be committed to listening and loving each other listening and loving each other it's part of our fear of being this way, because I think a lot of us, there's, there, there's a part inside of us that, that wants to be known fully. We want people to really know who we are. We want to be accepted for, for who we really are. We want people to help us and, and to be a support to each other and to be truly known. Um, but we are, we are right now, I think, one of the biggest crises we are in right now is this co our collective inability to actually hear each other. This is true, I think, in the, in the country. I think it's true in the church. I think it's true in this room. 
we, our, our ear muscles are weak and our tongues are like Mr. Universe. We hear only enough to figure out what the subject is that I can pontificate on. And if you share with me your sin, I will pontificate on that. Instead of listening and letting you share the rest of it. Instead of sitting with you in that before I just throw out the right answer. We could learn a lesson from you know, the story of, of Job in the, in the Old Testament. It's a long book, right? It's like you know, 39 chapters, 40 chapters, something like that. Job and his friends have a lot to say in that book. And God lets them say all of it. I mean, they go all over the place before he decides to weigh in. I think it's a good lesson for us. We need to learn to let other people fully be revealed. Let them, let them share everything before we decide to just weigh in and try and fix the problem. You have to be committed to listening to each other. And here's, I think, one of the biggest helps as we move away from hypocrisy, is we have to remember how Jesus deals with us when we are honest with our weakness. When we look at the Gospels, when we look at Jesus, when you look at the story of the woman at the well, or Zacchaeus, or, or the, the father that had the, the demonized boy, that, that, that was like, Jesus, if you, could do, if you could do anything, help my kid. Hmm. He says, if, if I can do anything, he says, I believe, Jesus, but help me in my unbelief. <laughs> he admits his weakness. And what's Jesus' response? I'll take that. And he heals the son. Jesus' response to honesty is always mercy and grace. The only people he didn't show mercy and grace for was Who? The Pharisees, the ones that refuse to acknowledge, as Jesus said, what, what, I'm here for the sick. Only the sick need a doctor. You're, you're clearly saying you're, you're perfectly healthy and don't mean me? Okay. Have at it. See how that works for you. It's it's in our weakness that Jesus has the best opportunity to meet us and change us. So we have to, we have to move away in our community from, from, from this the, the standard. This is the norm. This is normal life. Normal life is we stay defensive. Normal life is we make ourselves look as good as we can. Normal life is 
it, it's, it's not safe and we, we can't let, it, let each other really know each other. But we're not called to normal. We're called to a kingdom life. And in the kingdom, there is, there is freedom and there is, there is the ability to truly know each other and help each other and show each other grace and show each other mercy and encourage each other and exhort each other and be honest with each other. We have to learn to be honest. A couple, couple quick things. Um, though, being honest, not being a hypocrite, there's still discernment and wisdom involved. This is the disclaimer part of, part of our, our message today. Uh, <laughs> what being honest, it, it, it doesn't mean, being honest doesn't mean we have to share everything with everyone. Right? There, there, there does require um, wisdom, discernment. Everybody is not entitled to all of your stuff. I'm not proposing that you go into work on Monday you know, and, you know, just first guy you see when you walk in, you know, Dave's sitting there and Dave's like, hey, how was your weekend? You're like, oh, it was great. I believe, uh, you know, I believe Roe v. Wade was great and uh, I've been having some dirty thoughts. How you doing? You know, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that. It requires some, some discernment, some wisdom. We don't have to share everything with everyone, but we should have some people that we do share everything with. We should have some intentional thought through relationships in our lives that these are my people. This it shouldn't, I mean, shouldn't be 30 people, but you should have a small group of people in your life that know all your stuff. And you know theirs. And there should be a, a, a larger group of people that, that know you. Maybe not everything, but they know you. And vice versa. Being honest, also, we have to be careful that we are honest about ourselves. But this, it's really easy for this honesty thing to kind of go in some unhealthy directions as well. Because I'm being very honest. And what quickly can happen is I'm, I move from being honest about what's going on in me and my mind and my heart to my opinions about what's going on in somebody else's mind and heart. And that's not honesty. That's gossip. Right? We have to be aware of that. It can be disguised as honesty. But we can't, even in that, we can't, let, we can't let the threat of something bad stop us from pursuing something great and something that we, we, are, we are commanded to pursue. It also means, uh, being honest, also doesn't mean that we can force others to be honest, right? I can't, I can't, I can't use my, my newfound 
you know, pursuit of honesty and just try and throw that on other people around me and be like, all right, I'm going to show you all my stuff, bleh, you know, on this person and then be like, all right, now. Bring it. What do you got? You know? And then they don't, they, you feel like they're not sharing and you're like, well, yeah. And you cut the, you know, you cut the relationship off or you get frustrated or whatever. But that's, not the, that's not the way it works the way it works. We can't force each other to, to, to this. This is something that, this is a gift that we give each other. So what do we do with this? It's <laughs> a lot of hard, big ideas, but concretely, what does, what does, what does this look like when we, when we leave here? It looks... It looks like a lot of prayer on your part, to be honest. <laughs> it, it looks like, and we can even do, do, do a little bit of this right now. Um, just as you sit there, I, I'll just, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. And I just want you to kind of reflect in your own, your own heart and mind. Um, as we're talking, we're talking about you know, hypocrisy, and we've talked about these different ways that we hide um, turn it towards yourself. What, what area of your life are you hiding from everyone? Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to write it down and share it. <laughs> but in yourself, is it, is it, is it, your, your, is it your sin life? Do you, have, do you have no no practical, regular confession of sin? Is it your feelings that you are not honest with people about? Maybe it's your beliefs. Maybe it's a specific belief or thought or emotion. You know, sometimes, especially with emotions, there's probably some that we're, you're more comfortable sharing and others that, that you, you, you tend to withhold. Like, I'm, a, I'm an anger stuffer. Right? I don't... If you, like, know I'm angry, you did something really, really bad. Because it, it, I, I, I work, I confess, I work to hide the fact that I am angry with people. And I'm working on it. <laughs> and of course, there's unhealthy ways that we can express our emotions. But, but expressing them is not unhealthy. So maybe there's, there's some emotions that, that you unhealthily repress or, or hide from from people or certain people. Sometimes it's a group of people that, that, that we hide from, whether it be our, our family, um, a spouse, our friends we hide certain aspects from, people at work or, or, or outsiders, as you, however you frame that, the people outside your, your, your comfort zone. There are certain things that you intentionally make sure that they don't know about you. 
That's what it's about. And the hard part of this is I, there's no, like, I'm out of notes. Like, there's not, hey, let's pray this prayer and read this, this book and do this exercise this week and then we're all fixed. This is, this is the life that we are pursuing. And, and we are going to, uh, some of the things that we're working on is, is, is pursuing this together. I'm so, I was so encouraged yesterday. You know, we've, we've started this Guys for Coffee thing, and um, this was like the third or fourth one we've done. Um, but you can see it's slow, but, but you see the relationships. You see this starting to happen where people are, are, are it's, it's, not just, it's just not just Buckeyes and, and you know, your favorite donut. We're, we're starting to, people are starting to, we're starting to be, be comfortable and challenge each other and, and be more honest with each other and let our guards down. It just, it, it only happens with work and time and intentionality and prayer and letting things be messy and, and, and not always having everything nice and neat and packaged. But the Lord meets us in those, in those spaces. I don't know anything that, that attracts God's transformation and His activation, His Spirit activating in our lives like being honest and vulnerable. So we have to commit to continue to pursue this. What is the, what, and I guess I'll leave you with, with a question. What, what is the, the area, the, the, if there was one person that needs to know one thing about you that you have intentionally hidden from, from you, what is it? Maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a, a friend. You may have a friend at work. It may be the person a couple weeks ago, you remember we prayed, uh, we, we did the key thing and challenged you to pray for someone that doesn't know the Lord for a week. Um, maybe it's that person that doesn't know the Lord and, and you've never, they don't even know that you know Jesus. Right? <laughs> maybe you just need to start by just being honest with them. Forget sharing the gospel. Just admit that you're a Christian. <laughs> you know, baby steps. If we, will, if we will pursue this life, if we will pursue this, this in our lives together, I promise you, we will begin to see God move in a way and be able to do things in our lives and change us in ways that, that, that we haven't seen, you haven't seen yet in, in your life. Like I said, there's no magic bullet, so we're just going to close with a time of just reflection and prayer. Um, and just give you a moment with, with, with Jesus as, and let him speak to your heart on how, 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 how this truth needs to, to, to play itself out in your life in this week.
Father, we just come to you right now. Holy Spirit, I just ask you would speak to each one of us. God, we... You just show us. We we acknowledge that that we hide. <laughs> we're a bunch of we're, we're like little little three year olds. We love to hide, and, and we we know that that is not what you have for us. That there is freedom in being known. And Lord, we ask for your your wisdom now. We ask that you would speak to our hearts. Each one of us, show us. What areas that we need to, to come out of the shadows, that we need to start being honest, God. Give us, give each of us the, 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 even the faces or the names of the people that we need to start pursuing a more honest relationship with. God, would you, would you bring people into our lives, the, the people that you are calling us to, to be our most authentic self? That will bring life and transformation. That will that will ultimately draw us closer to you as we pursue you together. God, forgive us for for our hypocrisy. God, forgive us for pretending. thank you that by your spirit we can we can be honest with each other by your spirit we can we can be known that you place us in a in a body that looks after itself that can help mend itself and and make up for its its weaknesses and vulnerabilities god would you as we 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 in the next days and weeks and months, as we pursue this, this honesty and, and, and reject the hypocrisy that we've allowed to fester up to this point, would, would you, by your Spirit, just walk us through that, God? Give us, give us extra grace and mercy as we, we do it in clumsy ways at times and maybe scary ways. We ask that your Holy Spirit would guide us. That you would empower us for, for, for this journey. That you would bring revelation and freedom through it. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. 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 Hey, it's... It's early, so if you've got kids in class, do me a favor. Don't let me get yelled at. Just like wait 10 minutes till you go pick them up. It's a good opportunity to talk. I don't know, maybe be honest. <laughs>